This morning we're reading from Romans chapter 15, beginning in verse 4. For whatever was written in former days was written for our instruction, so that by steadfastness and by the encouragement of the Scriptures we might have hope. May the God of steadfastness and encouragement grant you to live in harmony with one another in accordance with Christ Jesus, so that together you may with one voice glorify the God and Father of our Lord Jesus Christ. This is the Word of God for the people of God. Have you ever had the experience of trying a new recipe and for some reason it just doesn't turn out right? I've had that experience. Sounds like some of these people may have as well. Sometimes when you're trying something new, it's harder to get right. There's so many different opportunities today to cook vegetarian or vegan or fat-free or gluten-free. Sometimes trying those new things just doesn't turn out so well. I find it more gratifying to use a time-tested or tried-and-true kind of recipe, one that people have used for years and years, over and over it's been used, and people have made adjustments to get it just right. Some recipes are easier to use after they've been closely looked at and worked with and tweaked. Some recipes are easier to have success with in our lives. Paul talks about this time-tested way of living. He says that there is a God who's come before us. And that this God has inspired people who have had experiences. And they've written about these experiences and kept them together. And we can read them for our own good. Or as he says in verse 4, for our instruction, for our guidance. We can draw on this biblical wisdom in our own day as we go forward. Advent is a time to prepare. We began talking about this last week. We have these four Sundays leading us up to Christmas where we have opportunity to prepare our hearts and minds and our souls to receive God's love in all of its fullness as it's being born into the world as we remember this birth of this Christ child so long ago. Advent reminds us that we are to be an expectant people. We expect God to be at work in the world for good. Advent reminds us to be on the lookout for where God is at work in our world, where God might be at work in your world. Paul says the Scriptures help guide us and help us ready ourselves to see how God might be working because they give us instruction, they share with us wisdom, they give us encouragement, they lead us to hope, Paul says. The turning point in this letter to the Romans comes, happens in the beginning of chapter 12. Paul has been writing for several chapters before we get to chapter 12 or 15 where we're reading this morning. But in those first 11 chapters, 
He's working on a very long argument. He's building a case, if you will, for how God has planned to include both Jews and Gentiles or Jews and Greeks into God's plans. Paul's conclusion after writing extensively about all of this and explaining how he understands God has been at work all along to bring these two groups together, he concludes both Jews and Gentiles are included in God's family. Both are a part of the people of faith. But then in chapter 12, he turns his attention and begins to talk about new life in Christ or what it looks like for someone who decides to be a follower of Christ. He begins to give a whole list of practical steps a person can take, a person should take, in fact, if they want to be a follower of Jesus Christ. In this section from where we read this morning, he's focused particularly on this idea of how we treat one another. How we are to treat one another. He begins in the first three verses just before where we read to talk about how the strong should accommodate the weak. He says the reason is is because it's important and it's of good purpose to be building up your neighbor. But then he also says it's also important to understand we do it because Christ did it for us. And then in verse 4, he begins to talk about the Scriptures inspiring us on to encourage us so that we might have hope. And then he moves into verse 5 where he begins to talk about this is how we can live in harmony with one another in accordance or if we align our our lives with Christ Jesus our Lord. He wants us to understand that there's a sense of harmony. You just heard the choir singing about holy harmony that God can bring us through Christ. That's how you'll know when He comes, they sang. Because you'll have this sense of centeredness or wholeness or harmony in our lives. Now last week, Paul was writing about this same kind of thing when we read from the text there. And he was saying, remember the place to start is to focus on light or salvation. Focus on love and goodness. He says that is the way we should live. He called it living honorably when we're living in the light. I'm suggesting to you this month that as we read through these passages in the epistles that it gives us a recipe for experiencing Christian life and Christian love. And in the recipe, the next practical step for our recipe of experiencing love is to add encouragement. So last week we had start with light. This week, add encouragement. But as I was writing this, I thought to myself, and maybe you're thinking now, I'm so busy in December. How am I going to find time to add encouragement to my neighbor? I can't get everything done that's already on my to-do list. I often find myself in that place with too many things to do and not enough time to get them all done. For others, it's not such a season of busyness, but one where sadness or despair or depression begin to creep in. It might be the first holiday after we have lost the loved one. Or it might be an experience where someone that we wish we were with is far away 
And we know we're not going to get to celebrate Christmas or New Year's with that loved one. Or maybe it's something with your health. Or some other obstacle that you've encountered this year and you just think, it's not going to be the same. I can't seem to find any encouragement, especially to share with someone else. That's the beautiful twist in the... Christian story comes right now. Because the Scriptures say this is not a do-it-yourself project. You don't create the energy. You don't create the encouragement. It comes from God. Paul says this is a God-inspired project. Remember, Paul has already said God is at work long before we came on the scene. God was at work before you ever knew it. And then... Paul points out to us that not only did God work with others before us, but inspired others to capture some of these God-human experiences so that we might profit from them. That's what he's saying in verse 4 when he writes, for whatever was written in former days was written for our instruction so that by steadfastness and by the encouragement of the Scriptures we might have hope paul is saying this is a god thing this is god activity this is god inspired this is not something you cook up on your own so what about you and your life in the scriptures do you have a way or a plan to engage with scripture regularly is it a daily thing for you or maybe a weekly thing for some, it's not so often. Where do you look to carve out time so that you might spend some time with God and listen for inspiration, read for encouragement and wisdom and hope? Now for some, it's a podcast. They listen to it. Others might read some prayers. Someone else might want to go through a workbook. Others read some Scripture, then spend some silent time meditating or journaling. There's a lot of different ways to engage with the Scripture. The key is to be sure you have a way to regularly engage with the Scriptures. A way to routinely connect with God through the Scriptures. For the first several years that Mary and I and my wife lived back here in Tulsa, we were living in Jinx. So almost every day of the week, I was on Highway 75 driving back and forth down here to the church. It kind of astounded me how many times I saw a car pulled over on the side of the road. It looked like they had run out of gas. Often there would be somebody there with one of those little red cans. They're pouring the gallon or two of gas they had walked to get back into the tank of their car. But the first thing that pops into my mind every time I see one of them is, how did they let this happen? I mean, there's a dashboard with a little gauge that tells you you're using gasoline. And then there's a light that comes on when you're getting really low. And some of the newer model cars even have a little bell or ring to tell you you're almost out of gas. I wonder, how did they let that happen? But then I think about our own spiritual lives and the spiritual fuel that we need. We don't have a dashboard, no gauge, 
No light, no bell is going to ring to tell you you're running low on spiritual fuel. But I can tell you, if you don't have a way to regularly engage with the Scriptures, you're probably running low. Running low on inspiration. Running low in terms of your contact with God. Running low in terms of being resourced by God with spiritual fuel to go and live your life as a follower of Christ. God-inspired encouragement and hope come from a different source than we can muster by ourselves. Ten days ago, a young woman in her 30s was standing here speaking about her life. She has a young child. She's married. She's an author. She's one of our professors at our United Methodist Related University, Duke University. She's also a person living with stage 4 cancer. And she's been willing to talk about what that is like. She's written a book. I put it here in your outline. Her name is Kate Bowler. Her book has a provocative title, Everything Happens for a Reason and Other Lies I Have Loved. In the book, she talks about different kinds of gospels she's run into in different kinds of churches and that there is this one ilk of the gospel that says everything happens for a reason and if you're really rich, God is blessing you. And if you're sick or poor, you've done something wrong. She was looking at those kinds of gospel expressions as a professor, but she said she realized when she was diagnosed that she had bought into some of that because her life so far had been so good, but now she was rethinking all of that. In her book, she writes about the day the phone call came and the medical office told her what the diagnosis was. The tests show you have stage answer she said it was overwhelming she was reeling with the devastating news and all of a sudden thinking about the end of her life and what this might mean for her her husband her small child her family they said you've got to come to the hospital right now she said it was hard to even figure out how to get up and who to tell and how to get there but when she was here, she also said that in the midst of that experience, she felt a sense of immense love surrounding her. She said she felt like she was just encompassed with this love that buoyed her through this particularly difficult situation. Now, she didn't quote Paul to describe it. But as I was reading the story in the book, I thought this sounds like the God of steadfastness and encouragement and hope that had surrounded her during those difficult days. Paul says it like this, May the God of steadfastness and encouragement 
grant you to live in harmony with one another in accordance with Christ Jesus so that together you may with one voice glorify the God and Father of our Lord Jesus Christ. Paul wants us to remember that God has been at work long before we came on the scene and God is still at work today. And that God wants to inspire you and has provided the Scriptures just for that. And then finally, Paul reminds us that when we are open to the inspiration of God, we're able to live together in harmony. And that this sense of togetherness in line with Christ Jesus enables us to praise God and glorify God as if we were just a single voice raising this praise and glory to God. I was reading through that. I thought that is Christian worship at its best. And that's Christian life at its best. When we've come together and received the inspiration of God, then encouragement is flowing into us and we're able to share it with others so much so that we have this sense of being connected as as if we're all a part of one body or one voice alive in Christ. Paul says once you've had that experience, or in an ongoing way as you have that experience, you will be encouraged and lifted up. You will live with a sense of hope. And you'll be able to encourage others. I was reading through this and thinking about our time here together and how we pray together and affirm our faith together and lift our voices in song and praise. I thought I'm going to be encouraged. I'm going to be fueled spiritually. I'm going to be ready to move into the world. So I asked myself this question, who do I specifically need to connect with in my ongoing life, in my network of relationships, in this community, to make sure that my encouragement is fueled? It's a question for all of us. Where do we get our Fuel. Where do we receive sourcing, encouragement, and hope and inspiration? Who do we need to connect with to make sure that we're experiencing that even as we live together in this community? And then once fueled, the question is, who can I encourage? If I'm experiencing the encouragement as a Christian, then I have opportunity to share it with others. So I can make a phone call to someone I know is struggling. I can write a note. I can send a text. I can go visit a neighbor that I know lives alone. This can be a lonely time of year for people. If I bake some cookies or brownies or Christmas treats, I can share some with somebody else down the block or around the corner. Who can I encourage? Who can you encourage in this season of Advent? Paul is giving us this Christian recipe to experience love and share love. It's the dynamic of the Gospel that we are able to experience or receive the love of God and then share it with a neighbor. Paul's recipe says start with light, then add encouragement. I think it's a recipe we can follow. What do you think? 
And I think as we begin to follow it, we will experience the love of God coming alive anew in our lives. That we'll experience this blessing of God's life being alive in our life. It's part of the expectation of Advent. May it be so for each and every one of us. Amen. And thanks be to God.